ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Only Bruins. I am one half of your host, Downtown Boosie. What up, baby? As you can tell, I don't have much of a voice this week. Yeah, that was hard to like kind of belch out. Uh, I had my buddy Steven's wedding. Well, Steve and Alex, uh, he's they've been to him. He's been with Alex for like fucking like 13 years. They finally got married. It was a beautiful wedding. Uh, as you can tell by my voice, I got carried away. Too many, too many dad sodas, too much dancing, but never a bad time. So congrats to them. Hell of a time. But this episode is brought to you by the one and only Black and Gold Productions, LLC. What up? What up? And not only them, but the one and only FanDuel Sportsbook. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston. Get in on the free money. Win some money with us, baby. Bet the over on the socks and let's all fucking make money, get horny, be happy. So make sure you sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and get your free bonus bets and like, let's get horny, baby. But I'll bring it over to my other half. Well, that sounded weird. My my, my <laughs> other co-host, my boy Brett. How's it going, buddy? Pretty good, man. I think I am your other half at this point. Like, yeah, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we just had a nice therapy session. Still depressed, but we had our uh, weekly half an hour to an hour talk that no one gets to listen to, unfortunately. But yeah. it was a good therapy session. We just clocked in. I'm ready to talk Bruins. Get this uh, three-peat of a series done, part three done of this uh, exit interview slash debacle of a collapse season, whatever you want to yeah. call it. But um, we got a nice quick one for people today. We got a surprise for everybody next week. Um, Bobby taking us out on the corner at the end of this episode um, just due to recording issues, but it, you'll you'll hear Bobby's sweet, sweet voice later on. Later than you normally would in the podcast. But yeah, like I said, we just got some good shit to get into. Life pretty much has just been the same. No Bruins, just chilling, trying to get through it all. Uh, but yeah, other than that, depressed. Still depressed. <laughs> yeah, it's still depressed. Yeah, we're recording a day early. Uh, I got to get away for another wedding. Uh, shout out to my boy, my cousin, my uh, hey, hey. Larky. It's What's wedding that? season. It's fucking wedding season, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. You sandbagging son of a bitch. You sandbagging son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, this year, I, I, I'm I fortunate enough to not have to crash many where these dummies invite me to all these weddings because they know I'm a fucking madman on a dance floor. I'm a serial killer to those dance floors, baby. Why is that like, not surprising, though? Yeah, I know. <laughs> dude, I was real quick because I know we're tight on time this week because uh, we're we're recording a little bit earlier. We only have like an hour 15 to like get this shit in. But my my sister-in-law was at the wedding. She was in the wedding. And she comes up to me like midway, like dancing. And then I didn't really realize it till she pointed out. She's like, you are going to be in so much footage and so many pictures of how mad you're dancing right now. And I didn't realize it. Every fucking dance move I had, like there's a camera guy taking a picture of me, the videographer <laughs> right up in my grill. I'm like, all right, well, I might as well start fucking like dry humping the floor or some shit. But <laughs> so yeah, you gotta I, I do the knee thing. slide. You gotta do the knee slide. Wow, with my luck, I would well, with how in the bag I was, I would have fucking ate shit. <laughs> <laughs> spin spin some chicklets out at the end for sure. Maybe I'll try that at my cousins this week. But shout out to my cousin Clarky. Uh, getting married this week to his longtime girlfriend. 
happy for them. He's such a good guy. So I'm really happy for him. Uh, I'm looking forward to having a good time, dancing my ass off again, drinking my ass off again, baby. But, Brad, I'm going to shoot it over to you, buddy. Uh, let you take the lead today. You you got the notes. You got uh, everything going on. This is going to be obviously a heavy Bruins episode. Not a lot of bullshit chatter like we kind of were like last week with me half in the bag um, and just <laughs> shooting the shit. Bruins heavy, baby. So, Brad, take it away, buddy. All right, so like I said, we're going to go through and grade the players. Uh, we thought just because of like the collapse and everything and how disappointing the playoffs are um, in the exit interviews, it kept getting mentioned at how like how too soon it still is, which even that was like a week or two ago now. And I don't know, it still kind of feels a little too soon. It kind of feels like a little unfair because it's it's it was a total collapse. It wasn't anybody one person's fault. It wasn't management's fault just made it it wasn't management's fault at all it wasn't just coaching wasn't just goaltending wasn't just guys not showing up it was just a whole big thing so we're gonna go through um i watched the locker room raw interviews for omar swayman bergeron marshawn krejci pasternak and mcavoy uh just kind of the old like the old leaders the two goalies and the new the two new leaders that they're kind of integrating as like well they're obviously part of the new core coming up as Pasternak got his extension this year so um I thought we'd kick it off with the goaltending we'll go through Allmark first um these these the players that I just mentioned are going to be a little longer once we get to the rest of the team it'll kind of just be like a quick talk about for two seconds and uh maybe bring up some stats or something but I wanted to start with Olmark because I found his interview the most interesting. Uh, he mentioned he didn't play to his potential. He's grateful for all the guys in the room. He's really frustrated. Full, uh, he had full confidence in his abilities going into every game. Um, he would have stepped aside if he didn't feel like he could have played 100%. There was an injury, though, at one point. And <laughs> just one thing from watching the interview Omar hates the media, dude. He loves fucking with them so much. Like in his interviews, like there was four times, dude, it was four times in the, in the, in the five minute interview, he was asked a yes or no question. He was like, yes and no, yes and no, yes and no. And I was just like, you could tell the frustration he has, the disappointment he has. It'd be very interesting if he's traded off season, like everyone has him pegged as being one of the trade targets on our team. Um, it'd be very interesting because I think wherever he plays next year, he's gonna have a hell of a fucking season because he seemed like a guy who was really pissed off. Yeah, my overall, like- my overall grade for the year, and these are regular season grades, guys, is an A plus. Oh, best one of the right, best goalie baby. seasons of all time. Yeah. Like, so, like, what can you really say other than unbelievable season? He scored a goal. Uh, if this is his last season as a Bruin, it was it's been a pleasure having him. He's been great sound bites. Obviously played unbelievable in that. Took him a little bit. Uh, took him a little bit to get comfortable in Boston, but uh, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see how he plays next year. And it just it feels like he's taking a lot of the responsibility of this loss between him, Monty, and the goalie coaches. Uh, that's just what I got from the exit interviews, which is kind of crazy too, considering he got you like at the beginning of the series he's pretty fucking solid yeah he let mm-hmm. in some bad ones but he also did have a 41 save performance kept you in some games made some key saves but he also cost you some shit but i think i i yeah it would have been nice to see a goalie make a save when you needed one but i 
I think there were times when the Bruins shouldn't even have been in that position. When I say the Bruins, I mean the goaltenders shouldn't have been in that position. But yeah, I, I agree with that. I, w- I would totally give him an A+. Plus. It would be a damn shame to see him go after the season he had, but his trade value is high. Uh, you do have to shed some salary cap space. Uh, I just think it makes more sense to keep it. It makes the most sense. If one of them's going to go, he's your guy. He's homegrown. Swayman Swayman is going to be the guy for for the future. He's probably going to be a little bit cheaper, I'd imagine, than Allmark. If not, maybe the same. Uh, But yeah, I think you get him on a bridge deal this summer for sure. Yeah, definitely. Because I think next, even next year, without even knowing how that, where the salary cap's going, you, you have a bunch of cap space, I believe. And then it's the salary cap's eventually going to go up. And if Swayman wants to bet on himself, take a bridge deal, knowing that next year he's going to be the guy, then it all makes sense. But, I think the contract looks a lot similar to Ottinger's did when he signed his bridge deal with Dallas. It was like 3.75 yeah. for three years or four years or something like that. I see a very similar deal for Swayman, probably even less AAV. Uh, because he seems like the type of guy to me that wants to keep the crew together. Could, you know I what I mean? Two year, yeah. I could see a two year, like three mil a year kind of contract, mm-hmm. like a two just year deal where get just over this hump to get over. With the cap. Yeah, exactly. He seems like a yes man, right? Yeah, that's one exactly. thing we've gotten yeah. from Swayman. He's a main guy. You'd think Monty would want to keep a main guy, right? Yeah. Um, Allmark was brought in on old coaching. You kind of have to wonder if one's going to get traded. You'd have to, you never know. Boosie could be, or Bussy could be the one. Like, it just feels like there's three NHL goalies we have here. And with yep. cap space, one has got to go next year. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. And unfortunately, and roster for, spots too. Yeah. Unfortunate for Ollie. He's the odd man out kind of right now, just because, you know, you dump 5 million off and there's another player's contract that you could swap him out with. with Maybe two. Maybe even two. Yeah, exactly. So makes so, the most uh, sense. But yeah, going into uh, the next guy we were pretty much just talking about, and this is why I want to do the goalies together. We have Jeremy Swayman. Um, he's disappointed. A lot of things uh, everyone could have done differently. Uh, he he says that this is gonna uh, this is a great learning experience, but this young core needs more experience like this, which is kind of weird to think. But then when I went and looked at the like age ages of the players that are locked in or core players, you're looking 23 to 26 years old. So there is a young core here that I didn't really like, you, you know, but like we're just so heavily invested in our veteran core that it kind of is something like, like it kind of does make sense that these younger guys need to learn how to win like Bergeron and Marshawn and Krejci did over the years. But it was just yeah. interesting to hear him say that this young core needs more experience. Uh, he said it was the funnest year he's ever played hockey. Uh, one of the main things he's going to take off uh, with from this is make this feeling never come back again. You got to realize this kid got thrown into the wolves in a game seven. Where I, I honestly do believe still you should have made, not made, but that is all Mark's net at that point. You should have put Swayman in sooner if you were going to. Uh, he's going to leave contract talks up to his agent, but... Overall, the year I give Swayman an A minus only because there was a couple of times within the year that he did stumble. Um, more so the beginning of the year, I would say, maybe even yeah, middle, but yeah, there was times where we wanted more from him, and just him being a younger goalie and everything, I thought A minus was stu- suitable. I think A minus is fair, just because I think, like you said, like 
we were we had a high expectations from him based off a of lot the previous season mm-hmm. and i i think to i i i think he overachieved this year i would say uh other you know he he had a little bit of an injury i kind of forget what it was but he he had a little bit of an injury uh it was took the him knee one person yes 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 that's right. That's right um took him a little bit to get back from it and then once he once he got his stride i mean there's really no looking back for him he's pretty fucking solid the only problem is is that you know fucking Allmark was playing that much better sorry i had to step away for a phone call real quick we are back i know we were talking about swayman um i forget where i was where we were do you want to talk take it to the next guy or do you have uh, any yeah yeah we were just talking about how it's fair that um after the injury swayman was a little slower coming back yes. so the a minus was warranted i think that's what you're saying all right so the next guy on the list is bergeron this one was tough to listen to. Holy shit, man. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, yeah. Uh, he starts off by saying that the scars will be there for a while. Uh, he had a good conversation with management and coaching staff. Questions need to be answered, but it's still too soon. Expect an answer in June, like mid-June, late June, early July. He wants to let Sweeney know before free agency, he said, yes. like he did last year. Which is you knew he was gonna. Wait, do that. Was it that soon? I yeah. It no, was. they didn't leak it until way after free agency. Yeah, that's right. Because but I they were pretty much the con. Like they were signed. Yes. It was a handshake and agreement. Because Monty said that he knew pretty early on that Krejci and Bergeron were coming back. So. Yeah, I think this year they don't hide it. I think it'll just be like, are they back or no? And they'll just because like. You the rest of the league knows what they're gonna do. And last year was a matter of like, oh, could someone come in and wow Krejci and give him six million dollars a year? You know what I mean? Where where I yeah. think they kind of kept it hush hush. Whereas this year, I think it's kind of like it's bees or not, it's bees or retirement for these guys. So like the teams won't even go asking. Like there's teams that asked about Krejci last year and his agent, and there was other conversations from what I can gather. Um, like I said, they both said bees or nothing. Um they uh he talked about the grind and the mindset if he's ready for it uh he is healthy all year which is disappointing on how the year ended uh the back wasn't an issue after montreal game um it was the plan from two weeks out that he was going to play this game we all know about patrice and his father i'm not going to get into it um that's personal family stuff but you've seen it going around the internet um I have no problem with him playing that game at all. But he said crystal ball, he wouldn't have played that game. If he could go back and like look, know what he knows now, he would have never played in that Montreal game. So that's saying yeah. a lot of, out of your captain who's been going through some family shit. Um, he has to make sure he still wants it and he can help on and off the ice. He stayed for a while in the locker room with the guys after the after game seven. Um, he had a spe- the special moment with Marshawn on the ice doesn't mean it's over. Just how tough the year was he kind of just like let it all out um he's he talked to retired players last year about retiring and if he's ready and he said he's going to do the same this year um and it does not sound like bergeron and Krejci are a package anymore one could come back with the the other yeah and it happened when Krejci went to check but we all knew that was going to happen um i think you're migrating for the year for Bergeron, and this is obviously due to him being a captain, things on and the off the ice. I don't know how you don't give him an A-plus for even just coming back at a 
unbelievable salary and grinding through and playing the way he did. It's shitty how it ended up in the end, but I thought for what we asked of him, he had an unbelievable season, and he's going to win the Selkie again this year to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Bergeron's kind of in – these ones are kind of layups um, because, like I said, it's your core that, you know, should be having A years every year. If they didn't, there's probably something up, right? So, yeah. So, these guys are kind of a little uh, cut and dry, and everyone knows the grades or what they were going to be. Um, I don't know. You have anything about Bergeron? I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about Bergeron a bunch. No, I mean, the next coming weeks. Bergeron, you got exactly what you expected out of the regular season from him. Just fucking grinded it out. Uh, had in another amazing season. Uh, you know, that that's all you can really say about just the guy. Unfair. Yeah, it just it it is unfair. It just sucks. I mean, it's unfortunate that it happened to him and it's unfortunate. This is why I think he's going to come back because I think it's unfortunate. The last three games he came back for the playoffs were some of the worst hockey you've ever seen him play. And like, mm. you can't end your career on that. I mean, you might be on the downside. Sure. But on the downside, sure. But I still a two. He's, he's way too proud C, of a three C in this league. He's yeah. A- Exactly. Like he's, he's way too proud of a guy to go down like that. And mm-hmm. I could see a scenario where he plays lesser minutes next year where, and I think it even comes back to Monty too, where like Monty maybe looks at it and it's like, okay, like we didn't need to win all those games. We didn't need to put Bergeron out there for 18 to 20 minutes a night. We could have had some nights where he played 14 to 15. And, you know, I, I I'm sure fucking Bergeron would be on the bench. though saying, all right, coach, when's my turn? You know, just like how he told Monty that he's playing game five, no matter what, but mm-hmm. you know, some, some it's like Monty said, it's hard to say no to a future hall of famer, you know, your captain, the guy who leads by example. So it's hard to shut that down, say no to a guy like that. But yeah, you got exactly what you expected out of Bergeron. I would expect if he does come back a little bit, I think you'll see him in a little bit, little bit of a different kind of role if he does come back. Uh, but it's it's so funny because something you mentioned here, I'm going to bring up later that Pasternak mentioned, and I'm I, I know this is so early and random, but like listening to pa- Pasternak's internet, uh, his exit interviews, I think he could be the next captain of the Boston Bruins. Honestly, you think Uh, so? I know it's a weird take, but just like listening to his maturity, how much he's grown, and I'm gonna say why I think this, and then a lot of people, the easy answers, McAvoy. I think Carlo's a good um, dark horse. I just don't think he's signed for long enough. The Bruins wouldn't like that. I don't think. But anyways, that's just a little bit of a sidebar. But um, yeah, Bergeron did what he can. We love you. (laughs) We hope to see you back in a Bruins jersey next year. That's most you can say at this point. Um. Next guy, his partner in crime, um, Brad Marchand. Um, this one was a little different than his normal interviews. I felt it was kind of like cut and dry. Like he didn't really want to talk, which makes sense. I don't know how any of them would want to talk. Yeah. Um, he mentioned it's tough to be in the arena. Uh, this makes the young course stronger down the road, which is something Swayman mentioned as all as well. So it's obviously something management is really really pushing into the younger guys minds is like you guys need to learn from this because you're our core going forward um he mentions about in 2010 the bruins learned from their playoff loss in game seven we all know what happened there um the bruins were up in game seven they lost came back in 2011 and won the cup uh, it kind of 
seems like a trend over the NHL for the past 10 years or so. Uh, pre- previous president or teams that do really well, stack teams that uh, lose heartache, lose it in heartache fashion in the playoffs, normally come back and have a pretty good year the next year. So this is something that Marshawn mentioned. Um, he expected a lot more out of this locker room. Uh, everyone is playing the what if game, including him. Um, it's not about the minute left in game seven that they couldn't hold on to. It should have been over long before that. Yep. Uh, it wasn't one thing that, uh, attributed to the collapse. Uh, didn't, he didn't play his best and he didn't think the team played their best in the series. You have to give Florida credit. That's not an eight seed team. They didn't play up to their potential all year. Um, talked about Bobrovsky and how a goalie can turn it on and steal a series. He made the right saves when he needed to. I think that was kind of a hint, like we didn't, and they did. Uh, they were opportunistic, he mentioned. Uh, like, you got to give Florida a hand. Kachuk was a menace. Um, he also mentioned in the extended version of the interview that the Ber- Bergeron needs to come back for this franchise. Like, the... Bergeron doesn't need Boston. Boston needs Bergeron to come back this year, take yeah. a team-friendly deal, and help us get into the next year. Let, I know that was very interesting for him to let say. Let me ask it's you clearly this. something that's been talked about. Let uh, me ask real, you real this quick. I was just going to say his grade. His grade for me. I'm sorry, Brad Marchand, B plus. I didn't think he had his best year. I know it's coming off an injury, but I think Marchand could have been better throughout the year and in these playoffs. I know we're not grading playoffs, but for me, he was a B plus. I, I would say B minus for me. I would mm-hmm. say B minus just because you expect more out of him. Uh, I know he came back from the double hip surgery. That's tough to come back from. He had a lot of games to kind of come back from there. There were times when he looked like old Marshy and there were times when he looked like old Marshy and he would just like, was snake bitten or just like trying too much? I mean, it got game to a five. Point. Yeah, the last seconds he could have ended the series. Yes, yeah, he that's talked right. about that too. Right? But even like, regular season too, like just going back, like him getting frustrated. I mean, he had that goalless drought for a little bit, and then that's like, when you saw him mm-hmm. trying too much and just like turning over the puck a lot, and it's just uncharacteristic marsh and plays shifts and all that. So it's just. B minus B plus. Yeah, I could say either is fair. You know, if you the want to meet in the why middle, just say B. Yeah, there you go. B is yeah. a solid one. The only reason I said B plus was because of injury. I was gonna go with B, but I thought I'd give him a little. I mean, bit the of only reason the he's doubt. in the B's for me right now is just because of the surgery he came back for. Because otherwise, I would f- say it was a C plus season for him. But him coming back for the surge from the kind of surgery he had, it is impressive. He was able to put up 20-plus goals, I believe, right? Yeah, I think so. I forget how many goals. What do you have, 22, 23, uh, something like that? I could look real quick uh, while I bullshit through I this. I have it right here. Um, He had 21 goals. 21. So, yeah, he another he 20. second in points on our team, which I know, is that's, fucking wild. The thing that's is, why I bumped it up because yeah. I was like, he still was getting it done. I don't, like, as bad as he was at times and how – like the injury really showed and him coming yeah. back too early and everything, just the perfect storm. I, 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 I'm still impressed in 73 games. He got 67 points. He was almost, a no, it, game it, player. it definitely is. It almost feels like he missed more games than fucking that. I, I didn't I realize that he, he played 73 games. 
But I mean, it it goes down all, like so much depth. You have six, not eight, eight guys with at least fifty points or more. Uh, Coils right behind there with forty five. I mean, Taylor Hall plays a full season. I think he's closer. Yeah, where's Halsey? Yeah, yeah, thirty six. Yep. Even at yeah, Trent Frederick, thirty one points. Yeah, like, Trent Frederick with the for... careers. Yep. Um. Yeah. No. Exactly. I mean. You make a move for for like a guy like Bertuzzi even earlier, a guy like Orlov earlier, could be a little bit different. But I mean, that's regular season stuff. We already dominated the regular season. It was a hell of a year. Um, but anyways, but besides the point, yeah, I he was second in points, obviously, and it's it's impressive. Uh, it's it, but it almost concerns you. Whereas, is he ever going to be a hundred percent again? That's what worries. That's what me. I'm worried. Next year's where I where my grade of him is gonna really come in. Yeah, like, exactly. After next season, it's like, okay, is he still the same player, or did that like Nicholas Backstrom him, and is he handcuffed now for the rest of yeah, his career? No, exactly. It's like so it's that's... not. It's not like he's not gonna put up like in an 82 game se- season. It's not like he's not gonna put up less than 60 points. Hopefully, but you know, it is something that happens in the NHL. Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, he's what two seasons away from his hundred uh, point season he had. Mm-hmm. I believe. I think so. I, I think it was two seasons ago. Or no, it was twenty. Was it twenty nineteen or twenty twenty? Oh wait, he never reached it. No, he did. Didn't he once? I thought he did. Oh, once. dude, Not, the closest he got was ninety seven points. That was the season before. That was with the bad hips, and then in eighteen. No, and he 19, got a hunt. He, yeah, he got 118. Oh, 19. oh my God. I'm looking at fucking penalty yeah, minutes. Yeah, penalty dude. minutes. I know. <laughs> I know. He almost won 100 and 100. Didn't he yeah. do that this year? I think. Okay. So, yeah, 18, 19, the year we made the cup uh, run. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he had 100 uh, points. And then. Yeah. Oh, and then in the shortened season of 2020, when we, we should have won the cup, other than the season fucking ending earlier. Yeah. Uh, he had 69 points in 53 games. So, it's like. Nice. Yeah. Uh, nice and also like just get back to that and we'll be okay even a little less than that you know like i could do 90 points in 82 games if he's back to that next year i'll be happy yeah no i agree but um yeah i think it's fair so next year will be very telling for him mm-hmm. uh for us bruins fans just what to expect out of him uh i i do have high hopes for him next season uh but we'll see time will tell yeah um the next guy in the threesome of this is david krejci this one was pretty much cut and dry david krejci uh he needs to take some time to think he's gonna make his decision really soon though he doesn't want to wait as long as he did last year he wants to know what he's doing he said he's gonna go because he doesn't live in boston anymore he's got to go home and talk to his family about his family stayed in the south carolina i believe yeah no i think they live in raleigh i think they're right like right near there, I, I don't know. I could be wrong, but it's one um, of the Carolinas. <laughs> yeah. Um, he wished he was a hundred percent for all seven games. So clearly in game seven, he was hundred percent a game. Cause you, or again, cause you saw the performance he put on. Uh, he also mentioned Berge, Bergeron and him are not a package anymore. He could come back even if Bergeron doesn't, he's unsure still. Yeah. Um, I, I find it harder to believe, but you know, krejci has got that dog in him, man. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like he, he kind of seems like a low key snap show in it, 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 like or like he's got that like if the wires cross type thing. 
Um, he's got mixed emotions. This one's going to hurt uh, because obviously it sucks as much as 2019 and this could be his last game. Uh, he really thought this was the year. He said it's the best team he's ever played on. The team was insanely deep. Um, everyone stepped in, just didn't get the job done. And like Bergeron, it's Boston or retirement. Um, okay, good. I give Krejci a... Um, I had him at a B plus at first, but I'm going to up it to an A minus because expectations were just like, is he going to be like, he put up, he put up 56 points in 70 games. Like we were like, is he going to put up 40? Is he going to put up 35? Right? Like we were really worried that like, Hey, well, how's Krejci going to look? And he came in and didn't disappoint. So I'm going to bump my B plus up to an A minus. Oh, A minus. Ah. I'm going to go just because he was injured for 12 games this year. And yeah, that to me, and like it, it's hard to grade on a guy who was injured two different times for two. Like, well, he wasn't injured lengths. for 12 games. I think he was health bombed once or twice, but still he was, it was at least 10 games I would say, but yeah, I remember five when he, at two different times, right? Yes. There was an injury earlier and then an injury later. Cause I, I remember when he came back from one of the injuries, I was like, Didn't man, I, right. I, after like a week or two, I was like, man, like crazy just, doesn't look right right now and people fucking came after me on like, the cross guys. check to the neck yes yes that's what it was and i was just saying like like guys i'm just saying he doesn't look right like everyone's like oh it's crazy he'll be fine he'll come back and then he went on a little bit of a tear right when like, he turned it back on yeah and I, i'm like i wasn't worried about that i was just like i'm saying he's not looking right right now he probably should have taken another week off or something but no yeah i just mean like he got he got hot again and then got injured yes yeah yeah so i mean Right at the worst time, I, I would give him a B plus. I would say, mm-hmm. yeah, injuries certainly didn't help. Uh, but I, I would, I'm not gonna say he underperformed, but I think he went back to like some of his crazy esque ways when he passed up a lot of shooting opportunities, mm-hmm. and he probably could have had a had a few more goals uh maybe he didn't necessarily get put in the right chances uh in the right spots at times but i'm gonna go b b plus i think i mean obviously there were some injuries but i think he could have at times played a little bit better done a little bit more passed up on some uh good opportunities passed when he shouldn't have shot when he shouldn't have maybe but but still B plus very solid, a very solid season for an aging Krejci who just came back from playing in fucking beer league and the check. Yeah. So it yeah, is that, still, it is still impressive what he can do. Yeah, no. And I agree with you. I think he deferred to Pasternak way too much after he got back from his last injury Yeah, um, to get him the 60 goals, which I get because they're countrymen, bro, like brother, brother, father situation in a weird way. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I yes. it just yeah, it yeah. kind of felt like when he came back, he was deferring too much. And that's when you saw Zaka pick it up and play better with Pasternak, which was weird, but a yeah. good to see. Um, speaking of Pasternak, we'll go to him now. Um, this is why I said the captaincy stuff. Um, he gave a lot of praise to the veterans in the group room. He said, uh, on and off the ice, he couldn't be who he was without his Krejci's, without his Bergeron's mentioned Chara, um, and other past leaders that he's had. Um, one of the guys, one of the beat writers, I don't know who it was, if it was Connor Ryan or who, but they asked about, or they, they mentioned that when, those leaders were out at the end of the year. It looked like Pasternak really stepped up and took that leadership role. 
And he he went on to say that like this is like pretty much like this is where he's like now that he's signed the contract extension and everything. This is where he's gonna be, this is where he wants to be. Um, this is like his core now. And he 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 feels like it's upon him to take over the leadership role and really step up and do what he needs to on and off the ice to make sure that the Bergeron and Krejci area and that type of winning mentality uh, with the Marshans and everything stays within the room in this organization. And um, I, it was really nice to hear Pasternak say that. It, 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 you could tell the real maturity that he's gained over the past couple of years. Um, but yeah, then he just kind of goes on to say that this loss is going to hurt forever. Which is just true. It's something that these guys are never gonna gonna get over. Uh, I thought this was kind of funny. He just kind of stopped after that and goes, "This fire alarm is so fucking annoying." And anybody <laughs> yeah. who watched the locker room loss knows exactly what he's talking about because the in in perfect fashion, the fire alarm was going off when they were doing the exit interviews, and a couple of the guys got uh stuck in the in the middle of that. But um. Uh, he went on to say that he's really going to try and move on quick. Uh, fucking sucks losing. That was literally his words in the interview, which was, I'd yeah. love to hear that. Um, and you, it, this is something that I thought was so interesting with Pasternak. He was like, we won a lot of games this year, and it kind of feels like it meant nothing. He was like, to me, you just have to get in the playoffs, and then you see what happens you ride it out from there and this was a perfect example of that and i just thought that showed a lot of maturity on passionate like he put up 113 points this year and he could give a shit about any of it because you know he's not they're not playing right now and i just i, I thought that was a great example like it, you kind of just have to get into the playoffs at this point in this league with all the parity that there is um then he went on to reiterate outstanding season. But like I said, you just have to get in. That's all that matters is getting in. And it's kind of yeah. a crazy way to look at it after having the season they had. But uh, like you want to give Pasternak an A plus because of the 113 points, 61 goals, 52 assists, like career highs and everything. Resign the contract. So like between me, I don't think it really matters. A, A plus, like the guy... He he's your guy going forward. He's your superstar. He's the guy you build around him and McAvoy. So it was nice to hear him say what he said, but you know, he's the kind of, he didn't really show up in the playoffs. He got a little injured, but one of the guys that showed up consistently all year long, dragged this team to the historic season that they had along with all Mark Lindholm and a couple other guys. Yeah, I, I agree. I, a plus season for sure. Uh, MVP like season. If it weren't for McDavid, uh he would be he should have I a mean, scoring title yeah yeah i know fucking mcdavid fucking ruined that <laughs> but i mean just freak of a nature like freak like freaky fucking season mcdavid had like unreal but i i truly think uh if mcdavid's not <laughs> even in the league that pasta wins the mvp this season uh he was nominated but obviously obviously um McDavid's gonna win it. He had a hell of a year, but a plus season from Pasternak. I think one thing that doesn't help him out is that he gets a lot of bash around here because it seems like, like what was it a few years ago with the broken thumb right before the uh, playoffs, and he was never right again. I think he, 
I can't remember if he had to get it fixed again or not, but he it just these freak kind of tweaks and injuries come playoff time. I think that's kind of like we're like local sports radio, not that they not fucking know much, but um kind of get on him. And I, I think it's fair, you know. I he's he he has I mean, you remember when he came into the league. I mean, he's trans he's turned into a fucking man. Obviously, I mean, he was fucking 18, 19 years old, whatever, but uh, so everyone develops into their body uh, eventually, and he he has, and he's taken it to that next step. There's, I mean, he, you got to remember he was drafted very late in that first round. Did anyone ever expect him to be this kind of player, one of the best goal scorers in the NHL? No. I mean, he definitely That's- had the potential right there, and Bruins saw what, you know, I don't, I think if you had a gun to the head and, that, you know, for asked for their God honest truth, they wouldn't have never expected Pasternak to be a 60 plus goal scorer. No, like he, uh, it's funny that you're saying this injury thing because during the World Juniors, he had like a first couple good games around Robin or whatever. He really stood out for Czech Republic in his draft year. And then he got injured and didn't finish the rest of the tournament. And he, that's where he like dropped down um, in the standings. Like a lot of, uh, there was people that did have him higher up in this, uh, like the draft boards and stuff, but ultimately, an injury knocked him down into our position. And I think it's the same thing as Lee sell. Like you just take the best player and hope it works out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. and it's just like, he had a hell of a season. Yeah. His, um, his, uh, trade stock is very high right now. People fucking want to trade him for Connor Bedard. I, I don't even think it those... gets you it. No, you know what you, I mean? You definitely need more because not only yeah. that, then they have to take on the $11 million contract. Oh, fucking eat a dick. Um, then you have to take, I don't know why I said that. I knocked something over. I don't know why <laughs> my first thing was said to eat a dick, but, um, but then, you know, it just, it wouldn't make sense for either team. Cause then if you're the Bruins right now, you're taking a step back. I mean, obviously it will help in the long run, but you're taking a step back. Uh, Chicago has like Chicago's still going to be fucking million in cap space for next season. <laughs> They're going to make some fucking moves, man. I know we were talking about it with Bobby fucking Tripodsky the other day. Uh, mm. Might have been even yesterday, but they have the potential to make some fucking moves and become legit again, like sooner rather than later. Yeah. How do you? Well, you got Bedard coming like you just you got the golden ticket like you just won the lottery, right? Yeah, like to this shit. So it sucks that Chicago got it. I don't think they should have got it. I would have liked to see him as a mighty duck, but we'll we'll talk about that more in the offseason when the draft comes, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, like wrap it up on pasta. Hell of a fucking season. Hell of a fucking guy. I'm glad he's around for eight more years. Cornerstone cornerstone of our um uh what's it called franchise and me saying that doesn't get you bedard by the way listeners i'm not saying to go try and get bedard or the first overall pick i keep seeing that online i saw my post about if it you knew it's <laughs> like what? oh yeah you literally I know. might as well blow the whole fucking team up at that point if you knew that they would accept that one for one would you do it fuck that's tough you got i i if if chicago called boston and was like hey pasternak for our first overall pick I don't know how you don't say yes. Like it could change the directory of your whole franchise. Yeah. Like Pasternak's great, but you just opened up $11 million and brought in a kid who people have projecting putting up a hundred points next year. So like, it's a no brainer if 
Chicago wants to do it. I'm just saying I don't think it gets you it. And I don't think it makes sense for either team, right? Like you're just as the Bruins, you're gonna take a couple steps back for the next couple years. Um, I don't know. It's just it, it would be the weirdest situation, and I just don't think it would ever happen. But I don't know. I think you'd have to listen to the call, no? You 100% have to take the call. Yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely. I mean, there's a lot of pros and cons to it. You got to weigh some shit out. But yeah, it's you'd go it, through the next at least three years of the next six that you did or the last six you did with pasta. Like you'd be starting yeah. over with pasta. Yeah. If that yeah, makes yeah. sense. And Bernard's not going to come in as a centerman right away. I don't know why people keep thinking that he's probably going to play a year on the wing. Yeah. You got to Yeah. To have There's a, no way. Have it's a too small. 18 year old fucking be one of your centermen with all this praise that he's getting all this hype around him. That's a lot of fucking pressure, but, and they and have him at a, 165 pounds. That's really generous. And there's I don't, no way he's over a buck 40. I think them saying that he's fucking five ten as well as even generous. Oh yeah. 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 It's like Grizzly five ten. When did he grow two inches? Like he was five, yeah, eight, like yeah. two seasons ago. No, they just measured him on fucking skates. Yeah. Just but to yeah. give him a little, but yeah, to yeah. bring it back to the Bruins, we're not getting Bedard, <laughs> which is wild that I have to say that on this podcast. But um, we'll bring it back. We'll bring it into McAvoy. The last interview that I dissected. We'll get through the rest of these gradings quickly, and then we'll wrap it up because I know we both got stuff going on, and I honestly just want to wrap this season up at this point. Yeah, because um, next next week's episode is when the fun starts for us this off season. Exactly. Kinda, I mean, we'll still talk about obviously a lot of brewing stuff, but we're just you know we kind of broke everything down in a sense, and you know we'll start answering more. That's when we'll start you know getting questions from you guys having fun mm -hmm. we have obviously a fun guest next week so it's it's going to be fun exactly. but so, sorry i just wanted to get that out there but go no, on. yeah no yeah um where was it oh mcavoy so i didn't like his exit interview i didn't like his body language i didn't like the things he said i thought he was pissy and i get it and like, it's funny. I'm saying pissy and I'm saying it because of the Leon Dreisaitl thing. Cause I think it's hilarious when you call sports like athletes pissy, but like this yeah. is their job and their whole life. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That was just like a, a dig inside joke with other friends, but um, he just kind of seemed like, like to me, it's like, I look at him and I looked at past interview and I watched them both three different times because I'm a conspiracy theorist. I want to break this whole thing down. I love the ins and outs of this team. I obsess over things. So I had a great time doing it. But when I broke down these two interviews separately, Pasternak to me seemed like the type of guy that I want to throw a C on for the future. M McAvoy kind of seemed like a younger Marshawn. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing having emotion, being upset, not wanting to talk about it. Like I stayed off Twitter for a week. So like, what the fuck am I saying? But yeah. it just like, these were his answers and this is how he answered them like he'd get a question and he'd be like numb and then he'd get another question he's like disbelief and then he'd get another question and be like yeah this is just hard to talk about and it's like i get it i've had a shitty week at work like nothing to the point of but the, they just had it a, work yeah but as but a guy like, who could potentially be the next captain like you got to give something dude like yeah you, you see a professional like bergeron who's had a bunch of these exit interviews before like you gotta you think he wants to answer the questions about that montreal game you yeah know? exactly you know what i mean like so i didn't I, and then he did i think he kind of got the vibe from the reporters like ah, i'm being a dick 
it's kind of funny too because do you hear the story on chicklets are you listening to them right now i saw i'm not listening to them all right oh, i haven't listened i was just going to start listening to them this week i haven't listened yet i'm saving it for my drive tomorrow but uh if you're talking about the ra clip i did see it on instagram about uh the panthers gear yeah. Oh, there's no way McAvoy wasn't motherfucking him in his head. Yeah. There's oh, yeah. no way. There 100%. is no way. So what happened is uh, RA from Spit and Chicklets, I guess, went into his barber shop to go see one of his buddies, and just so happens Charlie McAvoy is sitting in the chair, getting his hair done after Game Seven, or you know, after the Game Seven loss. Well, RA happens to walk in with all Panthers gear, hat on, T-shirt, everything. Um. It, it kind of weird. I don't know. I would never do that. I did say go cats on Twitter, but like I'm just not gonna cheer here for the fucking hurricanes. So I don't really care who wins. But they were talking about how McAvoy was like, you know, it he seemed like he was like, you know, he didn't care. And the players get over it a little more than the than the fans do and all this stuff, which is a hundred percent true. But also if this was if this interaction with RA happened after the exit after the exit interview, I believe him a little more. If it happened before the exit interview, there's no way McAvoy was not like, look at this fucking asshole wearing all this shit into the barbershop right now. Because the way that he acted in these interviews was exactly like that. Um, he wasn't giving much at all. He was pissed off. Like you could see it on his face. And then once he finally started getting into it, he mentioned that the hardest part is how stacked this team was. Um, he's really taken this one on the chin. Clearly, you could see it in the accident interview. Um, said the same things Pasternak, this kind of same thing with the young core. They won a lot of games, but it didn't really matter to them in the end. They loved the season that they had, and they think that after this sting from this loss is over, I got the majority of people are going to be able to look back at this historic season and be happy with what happened. But most of them, for the back of their head, are going to just think about this game seven loss. Um, yeah. he literally ended entered the ended the interview with every year you don't win, you are a loser. So you can tell the way that he's feeling. I don't, I don't, he's allowed to feel like that. Anybody can feel like they want. It's just like I said to you, as somebody who I'm looking at to be the captain of this next organization, I didn't love the answers, but you can tell he fucking cares. And I love that. That's, that's the main thing I took out of this. So uh, as much as it was a tough interview to listen to, and he did have poopy pants, he had every right to have that feeling and those emotions. I'm just as a, and I'm not even a journalist as a podcaster, I guess, commenting on the fact that as me looking at him and Pasternak as the next leaders, I'm kind of leaning towards Pasternak more than him. Yeah. In this very moment. With that being said, I thought McAvoy had a great season. I'm gonna say A minus just because he did he did start a little slow, I think, or there was a lull somewhere in the season that I just didn't want to give him a perfect A. Plus, maybe I'm a little salty about the exit interviews. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I I, I totally understand that. I'm I'm in between the B plus and A. I understand he came back from the shoulder surgery. Excuse me. <clears throat> and you know, at times he looked fucking phenomenal, but at times he just looked like complete dog shit and a little bit careless. Uh, but at, when he did look good, like he looked really good. I mean, he was producing a little bit at times too. And it's just like, it, it, at times it just looked like he like a little lackadaisical some nights and I get it. Sometimes it's tough to get up for 82 games or however many games he played this season. But I think, I don't know, like, some 
some nights it just looked like the season was a little bit too long for him. And I get it like a fucking Tuesday night in Florida or like mm. Tuesday night in fucking Winnipeg. Like, sorry, Bobby, that's a ricochet <laughs> shot at him. But Tuesday night in Winnipeg or Minnesota, yeah, that's hard to get we'll up say for. Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, uh, actually, Minnesota is a great barn. So kind of hard. Not to, <laughs> let's say fucking a what's like Anaheim. Let's say fucking Anaheim. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's hard to get up for Arizona. Fucking hard to get up for sure. Uh, but. It seemed like at times that, you know, it's just. He'll it, always be a Norris caliber defenseman, yes. but this year he did not play like a top three. I did not eyes. see enough consistency out of him for him to be considered a top three. I thought he was phenomenal when he was playing Norris-esque kind of hockey, but at times he just looked like he was just kind of going through the motions. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm in between B plus A if if I want to be fair, A, because I think he had way more, obviously he had way more good games than he had bad games, and he was more impressive. He had way more impressive games and less impressive games. So I'll I'll, I'll settle for an A. Yep. No, I agree. Or no, and A minus, sorry. A minus, yeah. sorry. That's what I, sorry, that's why I, I knew what you meant, so I said agree because I had the same thing. But yeah, yeah, I think we could go to the next guy in the list of the defensive core, the um kind of fell off at the end of the year, but also had a Norris caliber season, uh, which is very encouraging, but something is going to change my grade here that I, that I sent to you in the, in the group yes. chat when you took the call, that is completely going to change my grade because I totally forgot. He even had this injury. It was when I went to Detroit, he was out that game. So that's kind of why I forget about it. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, Lindholm Norris caliber season. I'm going to give it an a minus because he fell off at the end of the year, but now we're coming to learn as of 20 minutes ago. I don't know who it was, who reported it, Boosie. Uh, I'm Hold assuming up. it might have, it should have been Kevin, uh, because what the fuck? Um, on my, oh, it's the Boston Globe. Yeah. So yeah. So Kevin it should have been Kevin DuPont. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, shout out to him. Uh, he reported that, or they reported Boston Globe that Lindholm was playing the rest of the season after his injury with a broken foot. So, that makes a lot more sense and bumps, bumps my grade up to an A. I think he had an unbelievable season. Injury shouldn't ham, uh, shouldn't. Um, I don't think injury should reflect on grade. It's not, it's not a player's fault for getting injured. It's part of yeah. the game. It happens at work, right? But um, yeah, I give Lin. I'm bumping that up to an A for Lindholm. Uh, great year from him. I can't wait to see the next, like the next, however many. Uh, it just sucks. Like I don't want to talk about playoffs because clearly he had a broken foot. So I'm just I'm not even gonna bring it up because yes, he was non-existent. I know the metrics were good, but clearly there was a serious injury hamping or hindering him from uh, playing yeah. up to his yeah hamping ham hamping him to his uh, Norse level caliber that he started the season off and was one of the yeah. reasons why we had this historic season along with um, Allmark and Pasternak. Well, 100% because, I mean, how could you forget how hot he came into the season, dude? I Carried mean, the team. He he was the number one defenseman at the time. He fucking knew it. With uh, McAvoy out, he put the team on his fucking fat cock, and he just uh, – he was lighting it up. A lot of – some OT winners, some fucking nice passes. Just – That Pittsburgh uh, OT winner, the end-to-end -end one. Yes, we yes, We were down, yes. I'll never oh, forget yeah. that. And the like way that, he sallied after that slap yep. shot, he just cranked it. I'm giving the guy an A plus for the season. If you want to look yeah. at it as a whole, including playoffs, uh, A minus maybe. 
Uh, because I mean, what can you do? That's that's a tough injury. You need your fucking Broken foot. foot. Obviously, obviously something so, something didn't look right with him. I was never buying the narrative that he wasn't playing hurt. He was <laughs> he was definitely hurt. This is a totally different guy. You saw. I forgot it. he was in a boot. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was in the boot, and um, so I I was never buying that narrative. Uh, it's. You know, it's tough to play on a broken foot. I, I do it every Monday night at hockey. Not a big deal, but, you know. <laughs> but, um, humble you brag. beauty, you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, I'm giving him for a regular season A+. Plus, uh, just Norris-like season. He dipped off a little bit at times, but I would say he was pretty consistent throughout the whole season. I think he led defensemen in plus minus, even maybe in the whole fucking league. So, you I know, think I was Grizzlick, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. Grizzlick. Yeah. yeah. Him and Grizzlick were up there. Yeah. Fucking. I, I can't wait till Grizzlick's travel get to him. But I, I can't, can't wait to. Yeah. Go, I don't go, go. I don't fault. Um, look, I, I don't read too much into the whole fucking plus minus bullshit. Anyways, it's uh, I, I, I really don't think too much of that. Um, trying to uh, no, it's a weird stat, especially on a team that had one of the greatest seasons of all time. I'm not taking anything. It's kind of like the it's kind of like the goals against average thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, because the stat because save percentage, like yeah, uh, so Lindholm led the league. So the top three, Lindholm with 49, uh, plus 49, Grizzly okay. plus 46, Carlo plus 44. So <laughs> yeah, he he had a hell yeah, of a, so there he had go. a hell of a season. Did anyone? Dude, they don't even have plus minus on hockey DB. That's why I was like looking that's for it. On the I don't, I don't take plus minus serious. Yeah, People who take that into account, like it's just a dumb stat in my eyes. Um, but a plus for me, uh, he dipped a little bit, but he was still a top caliber player, top caliber defenseman in the league for mm-hmm. me for, I would say 90% of the season. No I one expected for- him to have this kind of season. He put up 50 points, 50 plus points, something right around there. He, the dude lit it up 53. So, it 10 goals. Lit it up. yeah, 10 fucking goals, man. I That's mean, a lot for a defenseman. Yeah. That, so, A plus for me. I was impressed with And he's him, not even an sure. offensive defenseman either, which is no, crazy. No, he's not. No. So, um, yeah, I just great season for me. I think he got Norris snubs in my mind more yeah. than McAvoy did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't think he should have been playing 80 games of a regular season if he broke his foot with like 12 left to grow, but that's just me. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. That's just a me thing. I don't understand where, where that makes sense for anybody, but that just showed it's the same thing. that goes back to hall. When I mentioned earlier, they had to take him out of the lineup with his injury. He hit it for, for a while because they wanted to be a part of this team. They wanted to be a part of this. So, um, uh, the next guy on the list for me is Pavel Zaka. Great season for him. What a surprise. He played all 82 games, three points away from 60 points, 16 penalty minutes. The trades one for one for Halla. I give him an A- minus because there was times before he signed his contract extension where we're kind of like, what are we getting here? But I think uh, an A- minus B- plus is perfect for Zaka and the way he finished the season and re- really helped us in the playoffs more than... Like he's not being mentioned as a player who helped us even get to a three-one series lead. So great se- season from Pac, uh from Pavs, Ma- Maverick, as I call him now. Um, yeah, A minus B plus for Pavs. 
Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Uh, I'm gonna give I'm <laughs> I'm gonna give him a plus. I thought mm. I I knew he had. I just potential. thought the lull at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's fair. Okay, I'll knock it down to an A. You talked me into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I We're think I like think bartering a, here over grades. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, a is fair. Uh, you kind of almost forget about it too, just because of how long ago it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, a is season. fair. A is fair, and how it took him a little bit, but once he found his groove, basically once he signed that fucking contract, dude, it was like a. And I know that was like kind of almost at the halfway point in the season, but he turned into a different fucking animal, and you it kind of carried over into the playoffs, I believe, and I think you saw a true potential in him as being a true centerman. A, you know, one A, B, whatever, first or second line centerman, top six you center, want to top six center, yeah. Um, twenty five, by the way. Top, you have two yeah, center, but or top two, sorry, yeah, yeah, I meant yeah. top six. As yeah, in, no, I, I knew what you meant, but yeah, yeah. people might, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, imagine me just claiming six centermen next year. I want six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the two extra spares are Fucking just two centermen, baby. Yeah. <laughs> But no, you got a 25-year-old center for the next four years at $4 million that just had a season matched with... He literally in points in between Bergeron and Krejci, your top two center. So great season from Pavs. Um, next guy I want to go to, so happy to see him have this season. Could, like, Couldn't be more happier for him after everything he's been through since COVID and everything that went... We all know what went down with Bruce Cassidy and everything. Jake DePrus, Jake DePrus, solid A for me. There was points where he, he did have lulls throughout the season uh, due to injuries, which is no one's fault. I just think it was a solid A season for him. You could bump it up to an A+, plus, but I know we've given out a lot of A-pluses and stuff. So yeah, um, 50 points in 64 games, three goals away from 30, career highs, only 16 penalty minutes, like, a lot of five-on-five goals. What a fucking year from Jake DeBrusque. I'm glad he's back and a part of this. Not back, but I'm glad he's feeling himself a part of this core and really becoming, like, you know, one of the veterans on this Bruins team. It's good to see one of those 2015 draft picks finally have the year we've been uh, knowing that Jake DeBrusque can have. You know what I mean? I, I totally agree. Um, I'm I'm going A A- minus for him. I fucking geez, a lot throwing out fucking eight. I know it's just we had the historic season. No, I, had I this know problem it's because we're you got to remember we're also basing this off uh, regular, regular season. season. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a minus. The only reason it's not an A plus is because of health, uh, and his streakiness. I think he was a little bit more consistent this year. There's, I get it. There's nothing you can do about. It. Winter classic was just winter classic. Yeah. And and there's nothing you can do about players get injured. Um, Debrusque played 64 games. Like you said, if he played a full season, he would have been up there in 30, 35 goals. And he had a hell of a season points, maybe or 65. I would have liked to see him get a few more apples in there. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, he had 27 goals, 23 assists for 50 points. I would have liked to see a little bit more out of him there. Um, Maybe a little. I think with his him being put on the first line, too. yeah, I know he did play a lot more like a power forward and less like a sniper. Yeah, this year, I would like to see I a little liked. bit more produ- productivity. Jesus Christ, that's a hard word, eh? Uh, out of him on the power play, I thought he, you know, they gave him good opportunities. I would like to see him 
capitalize that on a little bit more. But I mean, he better he should, before his injury. And I would DP. like to, yes, for sure. But I would also like to see him shoot more too. I mean, still 191 shots in 63, 62, 63 games, whatever it was, is still pretty impressive. He had a shooting percentage of 14.1. So that's pretty second good. on the team, right? Or third on the team right there. Uh, tied with Nick Felino, funny enough, uh, right behind uh, what's his fucking name? Uh, Krejci right there. So I would like to see him uh, shoot a little bit more because he does have a good shot. I would like to see him get a little bit more creative in that sense, too, when he has a tendency, you know, he he drove to the net a bit more this season, I would say, and he was better in the corners this year. His four checking has always been phenomenal, but I would like to see him be try a little bit more with the puck rather than you see often an, a, a lot with him that he'll skate into the zone. He'll kind of do that little wrist shot from top of the faceoff dot or in between the f- top of the faceoff circle and blue line. And then he either gets it through for, for a screen or he um, or he he'll shoot it right into their shins. So he, he does have a tendency to, you know, kind of shoot into block shots. So I would like to see a little bit more out of there, but I thought he was pretty solid in the playoffs, to be honest. You know, I thought he could have played a bit, bit better. I mean, I feel like everyone had could have, but you know, I, I was I was really happy with the season. Beautiful bounce back season for him. Extremely pleased with that. Seen put up 27 goals. And I feel like, and it sucks the timing of his injury too, because that winter classic game was like i feel like that was a fucking breakout game for him this yeah for, for the season and i feel like he really could have caught fire there and he came back and he was still pretty solid but i feel like it could have opened up the fucking floodgates for him and you could potentially even have seen a different kind of skater in the playoffs where you know fucking uh confidence is everything you know mm-hmm. you, you you go into you go into uh the playoffs with a 30 goal season, 30 goal plus season, uh playing majority of the games, having a career year, then you know, you, you feel like you're on top of the world, nothing can stop you. And you maybe you make a few more plays in the playoffs, and who knows, maybe you know, maybe you're still playing right now. I'm not putting this yeah. obviously on him, but it's just there's a lot of different things that could have gone different, could have gone right, could have gone wrong, but yeah, A minus for me. I was very pleased with the bounce back season he had. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. Um this is where okay, so I know we're getting close on time here. So the rest of these guys, like um definitely stuff to talk about, but I'll have you stop me if there's anybody that like you want to talk about in depth, but I think most of these guys are kind of like, yeah, this is like the season that we thought they were going to have. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, So I'm going to group these two together, Charlie Coyle and Taylor Hall. I thought they both had, I gave them both B's only because like there was long stretches at times throughout the season. Like they're both unbelievable in the playoffs, but long tre- stretches of time throughout the season that, um, what's it called? They were just like non-existent or yes. having a really tough time getting their bearings. I feel like, like and I know a lot of that has to do for with, them. Yeah, yeah, like, and I know Hall has the injury thing. I get that, and we don't know how long it was hampering him or or hindering whatever the word is. Um, yeah, <laughs> so we don't know how long it was bugging him, and um, 
it's just kind of like hard to grade an injury, but he also didn't live up to the potential of what we thought this year. So I don't know. I just thought B was was good. Uh, I gave Felino a B as well. I thought he definitely had a way better season than last year, but there was like times where he, you know, it was on and off with him, um, like the other two that I just mentioned. So go uh, uh, real quick uh, before you carry on with Felino, going back to Coil and Hall, uh, package deal kind of there, C plus for them. If you look oh, yeah, at sorry. it, yeah, no, I, I I agreed with it. And then I was like, hey, you know, maybe I'll put my two cents in. Um, I, I thought you still could have got more out of Hall. I get it. The injury, he only played 61 games, but still 61 games, plenty of opportunity to be a little bit more productive. Uh, I, I think he could have kicked his game into another gear. I get it. He was phenomenal in the playoffs or phenomenal-esque in the playoffs. Yeah, he had a good six games or so. Yeah. Coyle, uh, happy with, but it's kind of been the MO for his fucking career is, like, the talent's there, dude. Where's the where, where's the scoring touch, you know? It's, yeah, it, It's a B for me because he wouldn't shoot the puck all yes. season. He could have had so many goals. Yeah, dude, you saw that one game where in the playoffs he fucking dominated. He was just a fucking horse, and he has he's able to do that for 82 games of the season. I get that it takes a toll, but I mean, a lot of his game kind of reminds me of Barkov. Not not saying he has the, but between the size and being able to fucking handle the puck the way he does, uh, the penalty. I thought killing. he played better than Barkov. Yes, off in the playoffs. To no, I, I I would I totally oh playoffs 100% but like uh, as a complete package for a whole regular season he has the talent I would like to see him put it into another gear I mean there were a few games even in the playoffs where we're all fucking yelling shoot the I mean it feels like every other game we're telling Coyle shoot the fucking puck it's like it's mm-hmm. it's like crazy esque but for me package Dale C plus for both of them yeah I, and this is the next guy is Frederick and I think I only gave them a B because I'm giving Frederick a B plus. And I think there was most of the time when Coyle and Hall were on, it was because Frederick was on their right and he was playing above, way above his potential that we yeah. had for him this year. So I'm not going to give Frederick an A or anything, but I think a B plus is very solid for him this year. Let's yeah, see him I, do it again next year. I think that's fair. Yeah. He said he wants, he said he's going to do whatever to be a Bruin next year in his exit interviews. So I could see him taking a real cheap bridge deal just to be a part of this team. Well, he loves well, Monty, yeah. right? Yeah. He loves Monty. So they go way back. Yeah. They're friends. They're family friends or something. So um, Grizzly, if I'm him, I'm asking for a trade. Like he had an A minus season for me. I thought he was outstanding for what he did. Like he, the times he was taken out of the lineup was because he had a couple bad games here and there. And it would took him a couple games to get his footing back. But overall, he was a B minus A plus for me. And if I'm him, I'm asking for a trade this summer, straight up. Like, I don't want to yeah. do this shit anymore. Have an unbelievable regular season, do everything they ask, and then you take me out a game five because it's Clifton's birthday. I'm, I want <laughs> yeah, out of yeah. here, dude. I don't care if I was born. Yeah, the I, I, I want out be, of there. I would be fucking pissed, dude. I was yeah. pissed as a fan. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that would and be great contract. Pissed. He's yep. a top four on a lot of teams. I don't know. I thought A minus is fair for Grizzly, for me. No, I th- I think that's fair. I would A minus B plus. I I would say A. I would say B plus. Mm. Uh, Clifton B, 
I, I think he got carried by Lindholm at the beginning of the year, and it was kind of lightning in a bottle, and he kind of fizzled out by the end of the year with all the defensive depth coming in and him not playing a regular shift anymore. I think it really um, messed with him as a player. I don't see him coming back, and I'm, I'm glad he had a great season with us that he can go get paid in this offseason, but Clifton was a B for me. And same with Nosek, if we're going to group guys. Nosek was a B. He gave you what you needed in the season. Great um, face-off, horrible, offensive, good defensive. Uh, just, you know, did his job. Those two guys. I think Clifton fell off a little too hard to give any more than a B. Yeah, Clifton, I would say B+, plus, maybe even A-. minus. Uh, I For majority <laughs> of the season, he went above and beyond. He had a very good year. had a... A lot of hits. Uh, he, he, you didn't see too many bad games out of him during the regular season, at least. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go B plus, A minus, borderline. Yeah, you know, I, I, I got, really... I got Forbert as B, B plus. They did their job. You know, he was yeah. injured a lot for the year. I would say he B minus great. for me for him. But yeah, yeah he, he played great defensive or on the PK. Sorry. It's the same thing with Nosik, that B. B minus range for me, uh, just because yeah, they had good years, but like they could have had better years. I don't know. Uh, Carlo for me is an A minus. I think he's one of our consistent defensemen yes. all season long, and I'm you know what I mean? Like, an a plus. Yeah, he got shit on so much this year, but I think yeah. he had one of the best seasons as a Bruin. Him yep. and Grizzlick, like I don't get it. Um, I'm happy that Carlo's part of this core. He's the D you need to help you win in the playoffs. You saw he was steady Eddie in the playoffs. He's probably your most consistent D in the playoffs too. Um, this one might be interesting to people, but I have Greer at a C plus. I thought after yeah. his showing at the beginning of the season, we were gonna get a lot more out of him. He fizzled I, I out a lot. I agree there. C C minus for me. Yeah. C minus for me. I I mean the guy had a tough time staying in the NHL before, so I think he was running on adrenaline adrenaline at the beginning of the season, uh preseason. Excited he, to play for the Bruins. Yeah, he did himself no favors by having a hell of a preseason. That's yeah. for sure. I mean, he yeah. did do himself a favor, but at the end of the day, you look at it, a lot of fans expected more out of him. But mm-hmm. yeah, C minus. Uh, you know, yeah, C minus. I, I I don't have much to say about him. Yeah, the the next two guys I grouped together because they're buddies and because uh, I thought you know they played both play the same amount of games. We saw what we saw out of them. Lauko and and Zaboral, I think they're both C plus or B pluses. Sorry, I don't think Zaboral got a fair shake this year, and that's not his fault. He was coming off a really serious knee injury the year before, and I think they kind of told him that this was going to be the plan going forward and why he signed the contract he did in the offseason last year, or two years ago, whenever it was a little bridge two year deal, show me type thing. And Lauko was just like a spe- uh, a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, I thought Lauko was what we thought Greer was going to be all season. Uh, Lauko was a good warrior. You know, he did what he was asked. I just thought he had a tough first playoff, but that's going to happen as a rookie. Yeah, I, I think it's a fourth line grinder, there. right? Yeah, B+. Yeah. Plus. All right, the last two. We're not going to do the guys we got at the trade deadline. I didn't want to do them because, like, no offense. Like, you could give Orlov a day, Bertuzzi a B, B- because he didn't have a great regular season for us, and then Hathaway a B, B+, because he didn't show up in the playoffs but had a better regular season for us, even though they all only played, like, 20-ish games. Um, Morgan, Morgan Riley almost said <laughs> Mike <laughs> Riley, F. Mike Riley's an F. 
I thought yeah. you're going to get a lot more out of this guy at the beginning of the year. Get rid of that contract. Buy him out. I don't care. He's got a bad attitude. I sucked seeing him go into the boards and get injured like that down in Providence this year. You never wish that on anyone. I hope he's doing good and gets speedy recovery and finds a job somewhere else, but not with the Bruins. Somewhere else. Um, and then the last guy is Craig Smith. Yeah, C-. minus. They he yep. was trade traded because of his grade. That's how I see it. Put up yeah. like 16 points in 44 games or something. So contract year, you expected way more out of him. Yeah. Just didn't seen... fit the system. Yeah. I think that's fair. It's unfortunate for him, but I think that's fair. Yeah, like I've always liked Craig Smith. Never not a bad word to say about him, just didn't work yeah. out. Oh, I love I loved it sucked to see him go, but it made sense. I mean, you had to dump his salary. He wasn't having a good year. He did okay in Washington. I hope he finds a home for next season. Can't imagine he's going to get a big payday, but his career is not over, I don't think. I think he'll find another no. home. He's got one more contract left. Yeah, for sure. Like, like there's, there, there, Think about all the, the 15 teams that don't make the playoffs that like need a third-line score, you know? Yeah. So no, totally that's agree. that's the grades for the season. Um, you know, we didn't want to do playoffs. It's too soon, too quick, too hard to digest. And, yeah, I don't know. We'll let's close the chapter on this. Look forward to a good off season. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. If we, if we did playoffs, I think majority really of negative. players would be C D S Fs. you know? So basically to sum that up, but uh, we'll, yeah. we could potentially get into some playoff talk next week with our guest. I'm telling you guys, you guys are going to want to listen oh, to this whole episode next so week. Pumped. So pumped for this. Yeah. Guest. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Next week's going to be a fucking blast, dude. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm scared. I know. <laughs> it's like that Ralph mean. I'm in yeah. danger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, follow, all that good shit. Tell um, your friends and families. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the brewskis ready, baby. Let's get some fucking uh, dad sodas on deck. Some yeah. fucking Heineken Silvers. Get ready, because that one will be fun. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, sorry that we're a little tight on time this week. Uh, before we shoot it over, do you have anything to say before we send it off to our boy Bobby to send us off? Now that it's over, I'm glad it's over, and I'm excited to look forward to next season. Yeah, That's I'm how actually, I feel about it. You know, like it, I, I, Getting all this out and talking out like how I felt about the guys all season long, even though it was a historic season, like we both said, everyone had a good year, majority. Um I'm just glad it's kind of over now. Yeah, I'm. it's kind of like a breath of fresh air getting like these last three out. It's tough to talk about still. I still haven't watched hockey. I just got back listening to some podcast. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's <laughs> it's definitely tough, but I'm really looking forward to the start of next. Like I'm already looking forward to recording next week because we have a hell of yeah. a guest. It's really going to be a fun one. We're not just saying that like. You guys will know we're not bullshitting when you see our guests next week. We're going to continue to look for guests as well. We're going to have some fun with it. Get creative. Uh, mm. But obviously, you know, when middle of June comes around, we'll talk about some free agency stuff uh, and all that good shit. We'll, you know, we'll get it down. Uh, we'll get, yeah, we'll, probably start doing a lot more live streams and shit too this summer. Yeah, to, yeah. To I know keep we keep people teasing. engaged. And, yeah, we're, uh, we wouldn't start that till after the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so maybe don't even after the draft. Soon. Yeah, yeah maybe so even don't after expect anytime soon. I know we talked to our boy Ace a little bit too about potentially doing some. Or I, actually, we didn't talk about making that a live stream thing, but I would be down to do a live stream thing, kind of like what. Um, 
playing fucking what's it called NHL 23. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that'll yeah, be so, fun. Yeah, yeah so we'll do some of that. Yeah, well, we're going to have some fun. We're going to get pretty creative. We have a lot of, th- I know we keep saying, saying it every week, but basically, I mean, it's in the works this Just summer. Wait now. Yeah, uh, probably after free agency opens up, we're going to have some fun stuff for you guys to look forward to. Uh, so hit that subscribe button, follow us on Only Bruins One, Downtown Boosie Two, at Brett Howard underscore follow us interact with us it'll be in the show details as well but ladies and gentlemen that'll wrap it up for us we are going to send you guys off to the one and only bobby oh actually shout out to bobby brisky he he sent me a snapchat of my um uh to my boy steve who got married this week giving him a big old bobby brisky <laughs> and fucking legend but we're going to awesome. shoot you over to a tripodsky now we love yeah. you guys stay cool We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy Bobby's Corner. Peace. From the beaches of Winnipeg, (laughs) under the palm trees of the West End, it's Bobby Brusque. Welcome to another edition of Bobby's Corner, proudly brought to you by Only Bruins and the Black and Gold Productions, baby. How we feeling out there? Little Rocky Erickson for ya. You dig Rocky? You like crushing beers to Rocky? Give me a shout. Let's fucking do that shit together if you're into that. Fucking right. Let's hope I don't get deported after this next corner. Because it may get controversial. God, I hope that bird doesn't fucking pop up on the recording. Could you shut the fuck up? Like, you can fly. You can go anywhere and you decide to stay in Winnipeg? Fuck me, man. There are some things I consistently get told as a hockey fan living in Canada. On the top of the charts for the Billboard Hot 100 rants, people love to tell me they hate Brad Marchand and the Boston Bruins. Number two on that chart, people fucking hate the Arizona Coyotes up here. They despise that they play in a college arena and they all wish that Gary would go back to school, get an architect degree, come back to the league so he can build a bridge and get over the Arizona Coyotes. And they all have the same solution to this team. Relocate them. Now, if you're a part of the crowd that wants the Yotes to be relocated, you best be watching every fucking game of these conference finals because this is the best case scenario for that crowd. And this is worst case Ontario for the Yotes and Gary Bettman because you've got two teams out West with NFL style ownership who not only are playing in the West final, but they're getting a rematch from 2020. And their fans are salivating at the fact that they get to see the shit in person. It's going to be fucking banana lands, okay? Out east, you've got the Arizona of the Eastern Conference. Let's just call a spade a spade. That's who the Florida Panthers are. But they've been very successful lately. I mean, they go from winning the President's Trophy, getting outed by the defending Stanley Cup champions. And then they go into the offseason get a little quiet, and make a blockbuster move that has proven to be the absolute right choice. 
And then they sneak into the playoffs because you can do that sometimes in hockey. And they eliminate the greatest team in NHL history. Not only that, then they go to the Mecca of hockey, down the street from the Hall of Fame, and they eliminate the Toronto Maple Leafs in five games. The only difference between Florida beating Toronto and Boston beating Toronto is Florida was kind enough to give the NHL that extra $9 million at the gate. Okay? Boston doesn't do that. They sweep Toronto. Now you've got that team in the East Final against what should be Gary's shiny toy. It should be his pedestal organization that he brags about. Because Carolina wasn't doing so hot five years ago either. They get a new owner. People got a little bit excited. Maybe he'll move the team. He announces he's not moving the team. But what does he do? He brings in a legacy player to be behind the bench and brings in nothing and builds through the draft, builds through some trades. And he's not really done with his trades. I mean, he's not a guy who likes trading rentals. It's a known thing. And maybe that's the right fucking move. He's got great players who can be uh, promoted. I mean, you've got Brett Burns, absolute stud. Great dude to look at. You got Paul Stastny. Okay, maybe not Paul Stastny. Then you got this crazy fan base who sold out a fucking college football stadium in a couple minutes over a hockey game. I mean, it's insane. Now you've got all four of those teams playing together for a spot at the big dance. That is fucking golden opportunity for the NHL. I mean, you got the ratings down 20% and more across the nation. You got Bali Sports bankrupt. So you got eight to nine teams who don't have a broadcast deal next year. And you've got the most Southern teams all playing each other for what is considered the most prized trophy in sports. This is an unapologetic opportunity for Gary and Co. And in history's past, they have always found a way to fuck this up. Okay, you know what? I get it. I know. I live up here. Three decades now of no Canadian teams winning the Stanley Cup. And I feel for, you know, I do feel for the fans out there. You know, the guys that are like, well, I don't have a team. I just want to see the Stanley Cup come back to Canada. I just want to see a Canadian team win. They're out there, you know. I don't want to see Toronto win the Cup. And Toronto going to the finals isn't going to fix the fucking salary cap, okay? It's These things take time, you know. And if Edmonton gets to the finals, it doesn't even fucking matter. Because Leon and David aren't going to get broadcasted anyways. Not with the state that hockey is in, in America. At least NHL hockey. You know, and here's the reality that I think a lot of fans have to accept. When it comes to the Canadian teams and Canadian hockey fans and Gary Bettman, we're in the friend zone. We're never going to fuck Gary and Gary's never going to fuck us. Okay, it's just not going to happen, man. He doesn't need to. Why? We're always going to be here for him. We're always going to consolidate him. We're always going to give him solace. We're always going to tell him, hey, it's a fine. Everyone makes mistakes. We're here for you, Gary. Why would he pull the strings to have a Canadian team win the cup when he doesn't fucking need it? The league doesn't even fucking need it. 
we're always going to be here no matter what the outcome of the season is. And I mean, the reality too is that, yeah, the ratings would be great. Yeah, 2022 Cup Final, Tampa, Colorado. Highest rating since the 2019 Stanley Cup Final between St. Louis and Boston. We will not talk about the outcome of that fucking series because we're going to talk about the last uh, highest rating before 2019 was the 2011 Stanley Cup Final with Vancouver and Boston. Facts are facts. I don't think it matters if a Canadian team gets to the Final Four or the Cup Final. Does it help a little bit? Yes, but in the long run... This Final Four may be what the league needs. And I know, I know, you have them, they're out there. Okay, I hear it all the time. You got them in the bars, you know, like, oh, fuck, that goal Morgan Riley scored should have fucking counted. It's 2004 all over again. An inconclusive goal and an elimination game. Chances are, no matter what team that is, they're not going to count that as a goal. I don't think it was a goal. And on a note of Toronto getting eliminated... Let me just tell you, Toronto fans, something. Congratulations. You are the Philadelphia Eagles of the NHL this year. You went out and took a former player of your most heated rival in the Boston Bruins. You got Nola Chari. What did you think was going to happen? You thought he was going to help you win the Stanley Cup? You fucking flirted with the hockey gods and they laughed in your face. I always said that Nola Chari would play a part in the Bruins, or the Leafs getting eliminated. He didn't make any mistakes, but he was the last Maple Leaf to touch the puck. And have Ryan O'Reilly pass him the puck, and then he shoots it off, Gudis blocks it. Poetic justice. Okay, let's hope, uh, let's hope next week that I'm still Canadian. Hey, you've been great. I've been Bobby. To quote Maya's dad, pay attention. What you need to know is usually in front of you. There are no secrets. Just things people choose not to notice. See you next week. And let's go Canes! Ah!